Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the video game comic book store Level Up Entertainment get together. Well, it used to be each week. Now it's just whenever we have something to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> our podcast. Uh, we're coming up to the end of uh, 2021. It's about to be 2022. Uh, so time for our annual uh, This Year Didn't Completely Suck Awards. Um, so I've got most of the staff from both of our stores are here. We picked some of our... Uh, our, our best things from 2021 that we experienced. Um, and we're going to have a little bit of a t- discussion of it. Uh, I'm your host, Scott, and joining me is Greg. Hey, what's going on? Uh, we got Joe. Present. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got Harry. What's going on, everybody? Uh, we got John. Hey, how are you guys? We've got Danny. Hey. And last but not least, we've got Molly. Hello. I didn't miss anyone, right? Because I don't have everyone on my screen since we're screen sharing. That's I mean, I was here, so. Right. I was trying to remember the order everyone showed up in the room for. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so, uh, if ever, everyone excited about 2021 being over? God, yes. Yeah. I mean, the year was okay. We got married, so that was exciting. Oh my god, was that this year? I was there. That felt yeah. like so funny. <laughs> uh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I think we'll start with our first category, which is like the weirdest to explain, which is best surprises. Uh, we started doing this one last year because 2020 was so bad. I was like, we need to have one that's just about a positive experience that happened. Um, so this is going to, this is kind of a things that happened this year that were a pleasant surprise or were surprised we enjoyed or something along those lines. So uh, I think we're going to do this one alphabetical order. So Danny, uh, why don't you tell us about your best surprise of 2021? Uh, sure. So I picked the Sailor Moon Eternal movies coming out on Netflix. Um, the fact that they even got localized without it taking forever. Because I know the films got pushed back a while because of COVID. Um, so I didn't even expect them to release part one, let alone both parts at the same time. Um, and I believe they did it internationally as well. So the fact that like all Sailor Moon fans all over the world can watch it like together on the same platform just really really cool that's cool do they have the other like sailor moon series on there or is it just the eternal movies um i think they have some of the original series up on netflix or it's either that or crystal because crystal this is like the tie-in movie they basically just instead of doing like the fourth arc of the manga as like the crystal animated series they just did it as two movies which i think was probably a better idea because the manga's pacing is so fast that it's just like yeah you could do it as a movie. It's a lot easier. Yeah. You're my Sailor Moon expert, so I trust your opinion on this stuff. Yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So Greg and Harry, it's funny that you guys would both be next, but you guys have kind of the same uh, pick. Um, so I guess we'll start with Greg first, and then Harry can respond to it. Sure. Yeah. yeah I, I picked, uh, since I'm one of the owners right now, um, I picked that we opened the second location because uh, – you know, uh, it's pretty cool doing that in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we didn't know how things would work out and how these, how like how quickly we could find a place to that was that was um, ready to go. This, but you know, this location was great. It was ready to move in right away. It was, you know, just it, it worked out really well. I mean, it took a little longer than we wanted to get get open, but you know, that's because of the pandemic. Um, but it was it was a nice surprise to to get it open. It was a nice surprise for everybody to. Uh, see to you know to make you know a little happiness i guess for everybody whether you know 
part of the store family or extended as what being a, you know, a customer of ours or whatever, um, you know, it was nice to be able to, to spread that. And, you know, I'm just looking forward to uh, being there and doing lots of cool things in that area. So, you know, that's why I picked as the best surprise. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty much the same as Greg. I, I feel like when I look back at 2021, um, opening the the new store and being a part of that and, and working on it is probably going to be one of the things I most remember about this year. Um, it was fun sort of keeping that uh, a surprise and then being able to unveil it when we were ready to, to open. And, um, you know, the Summers Point store, it's it's got so many uh, different spaces and possibilities uh, that, that we could use that uh, space for. And I'm just really looking forward to, you know, when hopefully things open up and, and what we can do in 2022. Um, I just can't wait for the way that we'll be able to use that space creatively and um, have the, the Summers Point and Maze Landing stores work, you know, work together to put on even better events than we've always done. Yeah, here, it's, here. It, yeah it's, uh, I'm looking forward to now that the madness of the holidays is over. Now we can focus on doing more fun things rather than, you know, uh, just getting through the holidays because it's uh, you know make, make just busy busy both personally personally and professionally um but yeah so yeah the second location has been fun working out the response has been nice um you know since joe and i spend most of our time there now like you know uh it's also nice to work with you on a very regular basis now joseph yeah i would have put that as my surprise as well because it's it's been a surprise to have you know I've been a part of level up stuff for, you know, the beginning. 14 of years. Yeah. So <laughs> 14, and 14 and a half. Officially be, you know, part of it all. It's been really cool. <clears throat> and I started every now and then I call it, I have to go home. And then I go, no, I'm going to work. It's not home. It's work. Oh, uh, dude, I, I call that store home all the time because I spend <laughs> more time there than I do at my house. Pretty, um, right there, too. Yeah. yeah. At least it's spacious. Uh, yeah, it's very, very open. <laughs> Uh, get lots of drop-ins, lots of unexpected guests. Yeah. Um, but Joseph, yes. you're, up, you're, you're on deck now. Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your mm -hmm. best surprise here? I mean, it's an all-encompassing one. Uh, in general, the whole thing was, as a, I'm a baseball guy, and I talked about it on my podcast before, about last season being weird with everything. This season, there was full of surprises with the Giants, my, my team of choice, winning like 104 games or 107 games, winning the West, weird stuff. But I guess the biggest surprise is, uh, would be Shohei Otani, like just dominating pitching and hitting. Like he won the M AL MVP. He started in the All-Star game. I'm pulling up his stats because uh, I have to. Like he, he run derby. Yeah, he, he was it's just insane as a – DH and a pitcher. So he, he batted in every game, pitched every five or six days. And like, it's just insane because you don't see that often. Either you're a pitcher or you're a hitter, not really one or the other. And he, and he was uh, crazy at it. Like he hit, I'm trying to find it. There it is. Uh, he had 46 home runs, uh, like 13 wins. I think like a three RA or something like that. It, it was, it was overwhelmingly great to see for the game as like, I love watching baseball, but there's a podcast about it. If you want to go back and watch and we'll do another one at some point. It's it's but, one of our longest podcasts. It's you, uh, it's the three of you talking about baseball for like two so hours. So good. It was so much fun with that one. 
It's one of my favorite going. ones to listen to. I, I really like that one. Yeah, so I won't go on with it, but his his year and just the dominance that he had playing basically on a team where, you know, the big name on the Angels has always been Mike Trout, local boy. But he wasn't in the, the lineup that much because he got hurt. But Shohei just still <laughs> crushed the ball and, and, you know, the team could be good if they get pitching, but who in the heck knows. But yeah, that's that's kind of my surprise. Baseball and Otani playing exceeding the expectations of what he could do as a two-way player. And I know he had really high expectations. Is he like the best Japanese baseball player of all time or something? No. Okay. <laughs> no, I will put my money behind – I mean, there's a lot. But I'll put my money behind Ichiro. Ichiro. As, as over from the U.S. to here, I mean, he's got over 3,000 hits. He's got the, the record for most hits in a season, like at 215 or something like that. I mean, Together, he still has a lot of years left, you know. Like. Yeah, it was Otani's uh, sophomore season this year. Yeah. He's so brand new to this league. It's it's such a shame he plays on the Angels. If he was, like, on the Yankees, I mean, we'd be hearing about him every single night yeah. in every sport. Yeah. It'd be like Tom Brady levels of media coverage, and the guy gets buried because he's out in, in L.A. Well, if we're going to wish him to be on a team, we're a Phillies podcast. Sorry, John. <laughs> Yeah, for those that can uh, see, I have a Yankees hat on right now. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of you, John, because if we if I don't derail this conversation, we'll go on about baseball for like a thousand years. That's that is uh, true. Right. So, John, you're up next. Uh, what was your uh, your biggest surprise pick? Yeah, my uh, my biggest surprise was uh, the announcement of TMNT Shredder's Revenge, uh, the game that's coming out sometime next year. Uh, it, it looks really good. Uh, we haven't had a, a Turtles game come out for a few years now. Uh, and they're going back to the, the basics and back to good, like, uh, 2D platformer games. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this. The, the trailer looked really good. Um, their new playable characters look cool. Uh, Have I'm they announced for... anyone after April yet? I don't think so. I think it's only April, but I would assume we're going to get at least one or two more playable characters. There'll, be some, there'll probably some DLC packs, whether it be free or not, but... um. I not to bogart job, but yeah, I was in a that was like my top, you know. What, what do I want? My big surprise, like that was definitely up there for me, too. Like, I'm super stoked okay. for that. I, and I believe it's the same development team who did uh Streets of Rage 4, right? Yeah, I believe so. Maybe I, I don't I, know. I just picked that up because it, it's on sale and like it's really Streets of Rage 4 is awesome. Yeah, um, so yeah, John, this is you know, everyone knows this is a thing that's close to my heart and uh. Yeah. I'm also excited for it. I think if it came out this year, it might yeah, be my not to spoil my things too like later, but I think it would have been something I talked about I'll talk about later. I um, think it did get delayed. Um yeah, wasn't it supposed to come out this year? Oh, it was supposed to come out and now it got pushed back to sometime in 2022. Well, I like Miyamoto saying that uh, a delayed game is eventually good, a rush game or a bad, <laughs> you know, a rush game is bad forever. Not so much true anymore because they can just patch it, but yeah, I, I'd rather oh, it looks extremely promising. Yeah, and I've been recently playing the uh, the arcade games uh, myself because I got the one the Turtles in Time one up cabinet for Christmas, mm-hmm. so I'm like at an all time hype level for it right now. Um, but we'll definitely talk oh, about that more. As, as a quick thing, you know, it was it was Scott Pilgrim they worked on, not um... oh, was it Scott Pilgrim? Scott Pilgrim's also great. Yeah, yeah, that's they, that's um, what they worked on. My, my other things, but that um, the team, like the the team, they they were called something different at the time, but 
the basic team that made this up is Scott Pilgrim. Well, the Scott Pilgrim is really good. Uh, but Molly, we're up to you now. How about you? Okay, so uh, it's been a very long time since I've read any comic books. Um, mm-hmm. To the point where it's like probably Umbrella Academy was like the last series of comic books that I read. Actually, the Killjoy series because that's the more recent one um, done by Gerard Way. Uh, and then I got recommended Stray Dogs. I'm pretty sure it's Wes who told me about it and then was like, "Do you did you see all the horror covers? Because I'm also a horror fan. So I was like, all right, cool. So I picked <laughs> it up and I was like, um wow, this is a lot more brutal than I thought it was going to be, <laughs> especially considering the covers, like, have the characters on them, and the characters very much remind me of, like, um, Bluth, like, um, all dogs go to heaven type, <laughs> like, animation. Uh, yeah. And it's supposedly getting turned into a movie, so, or a show. Uh, I don't know if, like, that's, like, or when that's that's happening, but that would be really awesome and i'd love to see that 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 was my big surprise yeah this book was awesome this book really got a lot of people into like comic books this year i think it had the best free comic book day book too because it was it was like the first issue and then like a prelude or something like that within like the free comic book too it was it was really cool Mm -hmm. i just picked up the new (laughs) one the dog days one i haven't like skimmed through it yet because i'm excited but i just i want to have time to <laughs> read it yeah, yeah it came out today actually yes oh yeah, yes yeah i know it just came out but it's like mm-hmm. all the days and weeks of comics blend together in my brain i just you know yeah but yeah it did just come out today so it's the first in a two-part series um and i know the horror movie cover for this one is creep show which is pretty cool very excited about that too because yeah. I also love Creepshow. So yeah, I I, I should have like this one, it's one of those books where I was like uh, I'm I'm not gonna get it. and then I should have gotten like just because of the, again because I the horror movie homage that's why I got all the I personally I got all the deceased homage covers like I'm a, I I like also really in the horror movies too and just I should have jumped on it but I didn't because I'm a yeah it's, it's one of those books that kind of came out of nowhere and it's like because I don't know any of the creative team on i don't know any of those people i don't know what they've done i've heard of the the writer but i don't forget i don't remember where from though i think i only read like the first one or two issues uh we talked about it in like last spring on the podcast we're talking about some of the new books that just came out um and i read a bunch of the new number ones that had recently been out just so i could talk about them a little and stray dogs is cool but like knowing me i was waiting for the trade to come out and then when it did it kept selling out so i just never got it like we kept selling through them whenever we order so i haven't just had the chance to sit down with it yet um, it's really cool to just see this as like a sleeper hit because i remember just being on the shelf and then it's like two weeks later it was just like oh we can't keep this thing in the store and yeah with like all kinds of like um second printings and it wasn't there like a third or fourth printing for there was yeah <laughs> so many yeah. yeah i like that they also changed up like the, the covers for each of the printings too they didn't just like rehash yeah yeah it wasn't just nice silence of lambs but it's red you know like mm-hmm. yeah um it was really nice to see people a get excited about a comic book uh and like coming in the store and like people like like regular joe's kind of asking for it and b is really exciting that they did it for something that wasn't for marvel or dc yeah 
Um, yeah. So it's it's really cool to see. Like, I, it, I mean, it's what image, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's still still a creator owned thing. So it, Stray Dogs is really cool. I'm glad that uh, it, it it happened and and people responded to it. Um, and then for the last one of the surprise picks is my own. Um, and I'm going to make this real quick because not everyone on this uh, call has uh, watched Spider-Man Far From Home. I keep doing that. It's No Way Home. Yeah, I wish they were I've, seen, I've seen Far From Home. <laughs> uh, the most recent, the third Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. My surprise is not what happened in the movie because I kind of expected it. My surprise was like at myself for actually enjoying that versus like being like, oh yeah, of course they did that. Like, I because I, I feel nothing when I watch Marvel movies now. It's just because like oh, you, you kind of see them coming a mile away, and like they just feel like they're going through the motions. But uh, this this was really good, and by the end I was like, all right, we finally have Spider Man. Let's let's I can't wait for the next one, and then I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But you know. Uh, but I'm going to leave that at that. Um, as dear listeners, this, this movie will come up a few more times in our discussion tonight. Uh, because of that, we are going to do a full spoiler podcast uh, uh, later. Um, probably record that in a week or so, and uh, we'll have that to look forward to. So we're not going to dwell on Spider-Man too much. Uh, real quick, this is a new one added. I think it was uh, Becca's suggestion. Um, we're going to do best tabletop game slash RPG. Um, and I should mention that Becca is not here. She does have picks. You can see all of the complete uh, stuff on our uh, website, uh, levelofentertainment.com. I realized I didn't put the names on these ones, so I will fix that. When you guys hear this, it will be fine. Um, but for this one, let's uh, start with John. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I chose the Cuphead Fast Rolling Dice game. Um, I haven't played it personally, but it looks really fun. And I started playing the game Cuphead. Um, a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a hard game. I did not expect it to be uh, as challenging as it is. Um, but this our, uh, this tabletop board game looks really fun. Um, yeah, we, uh, we, we, had a, we had a demo of it in the yeah. Summer's Point store a week or two ago. So I, I came in early so I could play it. Um, it's really, really cool. It's also extremely difficult. Uh, okay. We almost died on the first boss, and they're like, "Oh yeah, here's ten more. You're supposed to beat them all back to back," because there's like a shop and stuff in the middle of it. You do it in between. It's like, oh god, and like you don't get health back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it's it's funny how it, much it like keeps the mechanics because uh, there's like a companion app that basically is a counter for twenty seconds, but it plays like Cuphead music when you're doing it. And you, each boss has like cards each round, and you have to like roll your dice to match them. Um, if you don't like you take it you take a damage you can get parries and stuff it's really simple and like but it's like surprisingly deep um yeah like i'm not a big like tabletop or like board game fan but i think this is like one of those games that i, I could see myself getting into yeah I'm, uh we have a demo copy at the store now we will probably play that uh you know in the next couple of days we'll probably play that next time we do a game night um yeah, that sounds good. Looking forward to that. Uh, let's see. Let's do Harry real quick. Oh, all right. Uh, so mine is uh, the game Ascension. I know it's not a 2021 game, but that's when we were introduced to it. Um, my girlfriend and I, uh, you know, as part of the lockdown, we haven't been able to have the game nights that we normally would, especially with a lot of you guys here on the call. Um, so for me, I wanted to find something that was just as fun with two players as it is with, you know, four. And you can actually have up to five in this game. 
Um, it's a really fun deck builder game uh, where you're trying to purchase uh, community cards and then you add them to your pile. And then as you keep playing, you know, your pile gets better and better cards and you're trying to get uh, more points than the other players. Um, yeah, I just found Ascension to be, I've played a couple of deck building games. And I found this one to be a really good intro um, for, especially for new players who are, are new to tabletop gaming in general. Um, and then there's also all kinds of different expansions to this that, that kind of change the rules and they, they'll, they'll add a mechanic or, or take away a mechanic. Um, so there's a lot of different flavors to Ascension, but the base game, um, I think is, is really, really fun. And it's one of my favorites from 2021. Yeah. Um, let's see, let's do Joe next. Uh, I went with <clears throat> Wavelength because it's the only tabletop game I played this year because <laughs> That's I, why I don't have a pick. I didn't play anything this year. <laughs> I am not a tabletop, uh, game guy. Usually on our game nights. I end up in the other room sitting on the couch with a cup of coffee. Uh, it's usually my MO. Um, but I was sort of like, you have to play this. And it was fun. It's just basically, it's a guessing game. You try to guess where people would put, uh, like, on the dial there, of like, how much they're one thing or the other. So it's just a lot of, like, trying to guess and trying to read whoever is messing with the dial's mind to try to figure out where it is and try to not overthink, but don't underthink kind of thing. And it leads to a lot of time to be real funny and, and kind of make people laugh and joke. And that's always fun to me. So yes, it's one of those ones where it helps when you know your friends and stuff. Because I think one of the first rounds we did, I was the person that like uh, hid the wavelength. Like I was like the, the guy for my team. And it was like the between being like other crap and a masterpiece and I said Breath of the Wild. So people are like, oh, it's immediately mass people. Are like, no, Scott doesn't like it as much as everyone else. So we had to had to fine-tune it a little bit. Like it's it's fun. It's um, great, great when you're with a bunch of people to play it. Uh yeah. that was it. That's the only board game I played all year, and maybe the only board game I've played in the last two years. <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a, it's a Fantastic great pick. <laughs> yeah. It's a great party game, and we carry it now. Um okay. But speaking of great party games, now when we played this, uh, we also played Danny's pick. Uh, so yes. why don't you tell us about that? Um, so Don't Get God is basically it's a game that you play with a bunch of people while you're doing other things. It's like a game you kind of play in the background of other games or just life. Um, you have a list of missions. You have to do secret missions and um, you have to try to accomplish them without someone thinking that you're doing it as part of the game hmm. um so let's say like there's a task that everyone gets which is say hey guess what and someone's supposed to say what back and then you say you got got um and that one you can't fail but there will be other tasks on your list like um i know one that a friend of mine got was fold a paper airplane throw it at someone and have them throw it back at you and you have to do all of that without them going hey is this for the game because if they call you out on that, you instantly fail that mission and you can't try again. Um, and this version specifically has uh, Shut Up and Sit Down, which is a board game reviewer. They added their own missions to it because they have they have a really funny review about the game. Um, but basically, they made up missions for this edition specifically as just like extra things you can do to play. Um, it's just it's a really good fun party game, and it's just neat since you just just played in the background of other things and have little secret missions and 
just do dumb, silly things throughout the night. Yeah, I remember one of the missions I got to succeed is I got I had to ask have someone tell me what their age is, which is like that doesn't come up in conversation. So I just asked your husband how old he is. He was like, mm-hmm. oh, "This is that," and he didn't think that that was weird. I just I just asked it completely unannounced. Yep. <laughs> oh, that worked. But all my other ones were really hard to do. Yeah, some are definitely harder uh, depending on kind of like whatever situation you're in. But I saw the paper airplane one be done. And I was just like, oh, yeah, he's just having fun making an airplane. Like, whatever. Um, Didn't you get your, your husband to do something? Wasn't like get, make someone give you a glass of water or something? I probably did. He gets <laughs> he gets me stuff all the time. So it's just like, yeah, do this for me. Um, I can also <laughs> talk a little bit about Becca's pick because I played it. Oh, I've played it. I've played it with her and her husband and I won. So it's my favorite game ever. Oh, I was terrible at it. Um, yeah. uh, it's but... the search for planet X. Uh, it's kind of like a logic game where you have to like get clues and then like, you kind of need to, 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 to figure out where planet X is. It's played via an app. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard to explain, but once you start playing it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If you've played like a logic puzzle before where it's like, okay, X can be near Y, but if Z is near a, that's like, crosses out this rule it's a lot of like different rules to follow of like okay this can't be next to this this can be next to this if this is here this is next to that um and then the app like gives you different hints and clues and you're basically just trying to race to win to see who finds the missing planet Um, it's kind of like um battleship in a way where there but there's not one person on either side like nobody knows the actual map like layout yes yeah i think that's the um yeah, and then Molly's got one I think we've all played at some point. Yeah, I can't imagine that nobody's played Cards Against Humanity before. <laughs> yeah. Every year at some point. Actually, I played a newer edition of it because apparently they put out one every single year. Oh, there's oh, wow. so many expansions to it, yeah. Yeah, they like put out new cards and we were playing it on Christmas. I was like, I don't remember this card being in here. And I played <laughs> Cards Against Humanity a lot because like, just the thing that you do at any kind of party you're at for the most part yeah. at least like i have but i was like oh that's kind of cool there's like joe biden cars in there and like one of them was like kamala harris i was like oh, okay cool that's that's awesome okay uh and then real quick mine is the only rpg on the the board here um i played some scum and villainy and to be fair we're barely in the beginning of the campaign but it's really cool so far uh it's a powered by the apocalypse type game um but instead of you know being like a fantasy or post-apocalyptic thing you're uh it's basically star wars and star trek just without the license because there's like essentially like the force in it as well like you can be a character that uses that but as the name implies with scum and villainy you're basically playing like mercenaries and rogues um i'm a ship's doctor because the main the first ability you get is uh, I'm a doctor, not a ellipses. So I was like, perfect. Um, so I haven't decided what my character's personality is going to completely be yet, but I kind of really want to be a grumpy space doctor. But you get to build your own aliens and stuff. It's really cool. It's really flexible. Um, like one of the things I was worried about is we don't have a dedicated mechanic or engineer, but a lot of those skills like kind of fall into like the pilot and like other stuff. So we're not, you know, if our warp core starts bursting, like we might, we'll, won't necessarily mean we'll immediately die, which is exciting. Because I was like, well, I should probably be that instead of the doctor, but I can't not be like a, a Bones character. 
So, but yeah, um, so we're going to move on from that. And now we're going to get to probably the ones people are most excited about. Uh, we're going to do uh, best TV show slash movie because the way stuff's been released the last couple of years, it's like, yeah, kind of, it depends on release schedule and stuff. So we, people have the option between TV show or movie. So uh, I picked both. <laughs> yeah. I have one when you could have two. <laughs> I was going to say, well, John and Molly, you both picked the same thing. We did. Yeah. Uh, so you guys want to, you know, quickly talk about Spider-Man again. I can't, I don't think that I can actually say why that was my favorite movie without being spoiler, spoilery, but like mine is similar to your like thing about it being a big surprise because of the nostalgia thing. So that's why I picked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of surprises in this movie. Um, I, man, it was so good. If, if you haven't already seen this movie, um, I, I would watch it because they're, you know, you're missing out. <laughs> um, I will, I, oh, sorry. I just want to give like an honorable mention to uh, a TV show that I watched this year, though. Too, uh, it was called Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. That show was great. It was so really good. good. It was a really good show, and honestly, God, like if Spider-Man: No Way Home didn't come out, that would have been my pick. But it was it, it was very good. I would agree with you. Yeah, my TV show was uh, The Boys. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember Harry or I picked the boys last year, but the boys usually gets represented on here. Yeah, uh, I I actually really like it a lot. I, I haven't read the uh, adjoining comic book, but I've been told that the comic book actually isn't even as good as the show is, which I, I'm not surprised That might have been that. me that said that. I do not like the comic. I really well, like Somebody the else show. said that to me, too. I was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, that's fair, but also I, I actually like it in like its physical form, too, but that's like kind of why i didn't pick the one that you picked yeah because that was my other choice um but yeah the, the way i've the way the best way i found to describe spider-man's the nostalgia angle without really spoiling it is like it worked in a way that it, that that uh, ghostbusters afterlife didn't where it doesn't actually define the characters in the movie the nostalgia stuff yeah, it wasn't that, like a fan service sense? thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's a lot of fan service, but not only fan service. Yeah, I mean this this movie did a really good job of in, incorporating um, pretty much every character that we've seen in like the the you know Homecoming trilogy, yeah. uh, and characters that we haven't seen in the trilogy yet. Yeah. So again, we'll we'll do a whole episode on Spider Man where we'll talk spoilers on it. Um, but let's stick with the MCU. And uh, I know Harry's also had lots of podcasts about his pick, uh, so we probably won't need to spend too too much time on it. Yeah, so I, I picked the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is the Disney Plus series. And you know, I feel like the Disney Plus series have been really really good. Hawkeye just wrapped up, and uh, there was Loki and and What If and WandaVision before uh, this one. But I picked this one because of a, a few reasons. One, uh, WandaVision, while it was very good, it was, it was a little bit more self-contained. And I felt like uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier did a really good job of kind of showing what the Marvel Universe looks like after Endgame, uh, what the blip did to sort of the world at large. And um, it, it also kind of decided to delve into topics like racial equality and 
um, and, and justice and, and things, uh, the police state and some other things that you know are hot button issues in the real world. And I was a little surprised to see Disney or a Disney property even going there. I mean, they, there's a lot of people that said they could have gone a little bit further um, or maybe wish that they spent a little bit more time in some of these issues. But um, for any sort of Disney property to, to even start touching them, I, I think that was a pretty big deal. And it also showed that these Disney Plus series, um, they're going to be uh, pretty influential on the MCU as a whole. Um, some of the characters uh, will show up in the movies and, and you kind of have to watch these series in order to, to understand what's going on. So um, we also did the Level Up Watches podcast, which I'll throw out here, uh, where we went through this series uh, one episode at a time. And that was a lot of fun too. So uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that's, that's my pick. Okay. Uh, I didn't, I haven't gotten around to watching that. I've only watched two of the MCU ones. I watched WandaVision. I just watched Hawkeye. I wasn't terribly impressed by either. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll, there's, there's something wrong with you. WandaVision was fantastic, but we won't get that uh, here and now. And yeah, I, I haven't watched Hawkeye yeah. yet, because I don't I think I got a chance to me, yet. So. <laughs> WandaVision's ending ruined the series for me. Yeah. All right. Well, again, not, not to get off top, but I can understand what you're saying a little bit, but that's, we're not going to talk about more than that. Yeah, but. We don't even pick WandaVision as the best TV show. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, speaking of best TV shows, I guess, Greg, since you were talking, let's do yours. Well, my TV show wasn't a TV show. It was a movie. Was it a movie? Um, I don't know what it is. I've never heard of it until you told me to put this on the list. No, it's, it's great. Like, that's why, like, it's like, it, it was a, I saw a year, like a preview for it years ago and I kind of forgot about it. And then I don't know what jogged my memory, but, I was like, oh, let me see if I can find it. And it was on some station. I don't remember what, a Hulu or, or whatever, you know, one of those pay, pay ones. It's called Anna, Anna and the Apocalypse. Uh, basically, it blends three genres, uh, musicals, Christmas movie, and horror um, into one awesome, fantastic movie. Um, basically, it's an Australian-made movie. Uh, I think it was 2019, 2018, something like that. Uh, but the basic gist of it is, is a zombie outbreak happens like every other, you know, it's very cliche in that aspect, but what they do with the characters and the, the music's excellent. Like it's on par with like musicals, like that were on Broadway and that kind of stuff. Um, and it just, it, it blends these, these genres together really well. And you care about these characters. Um, it, it just, it was just a really fun movie. Um, I would recommend watching if you could watch it, whether it costs four bucks or it's free somewhere is where you find it. It's just, if you like any of those three types of movies or all three, I think you'll really like this, this movie. It's, it's really, really good. And the actual actors are pretty much like high school age when, and that's how it kind of takes place. So it's actually like, not like, Oh, look, these 40 year olds are playing 18 year olds. Yay. Um, but yeah, that, that was my pick for this year. It really, um, it really made my that day I saw it. Like it really made my day to see how good that was. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, let's go with you now, Joe. So I think your show was on tonight, right? Isn't it? It was. It's it's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Uh, it's it's time for dynamite. <laughs> yeah, I uh, mine's tough because I don't watch a. I mean, like I watch TV, but I don't watch shows. I don't watch movies. Really, I don't think the last movie I saw in the movie theater was. I couldn't even tell you. Uh, I think it was in black and white. There was no talking. Who the heck knows what it was? Um, I went with the only show that I kind of watch regularly. Uh, I didn't want to put baseball games because I watched that a lot. And I watched old wrestling because it's just part of growing up. So I went with AEW Dynamite. It's on Wednesday nights on TNT until next week when it's on TBS uh, going forward. It's just another wrestling promotion. Like, you know, it's 
it's not WWE, it's not Impact. It's a, it's a different thing. A lot of people on it are from like Ring of Honor and they did uh, NGPW, different wrestling promotions. I just really like it. It seems fresh. It seems new. Uh, the matches are good. It just it, it has the feel of the old stuff a little bit mixed in with a lot of the newer stuff. Uh, I don't know. I just enjoy it. And it was on and while we were getting prepared. I, I was watching it on my phone. So I can keep up with it. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's like the only thing I've watched pretty regularly. It's really cool week. live too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I haven't gone to see the live show because I just, I think I had a chance to go when it first came around Philly, but it was like downpouring that day and I decided not to go. And then aren't, aren't they, it, did it already pass? Is it coming to Atlantic City? They yes, are coming to Atlantic in February, which is bizarre, but, but yeah, they're coming, <laughs> coming to Atlantic City to Boardwalk Hall, I believe. So where Miss America was, they'll be wrestling. So. <laughs> but yeah, I, I that's my pick. All right, let's uh, move on to Danny then. Uh, I picked Odd Taxi, which is an anime series that. It's probably one of the best like shows I've seen in a long time. Um, and what's really interesting with it is that um, it's a show where all the characters play some sort of role, like no matter how minor they are, it's really interconnected in every episode. And it's just some really like tight, well done uh, writing. Um, but basically just is that um, there's this taxi driver. He's a walrus, like everyone in the show is anthropomorphic animals and um, he ends up being like a key character in this case for this missing black cat um, who was last seen riding his taxi. And uh, since he's a taxi driver, he ends up interacting with a bunch of different characters because they get in his taxi and he takes them somewhere. Uh, but he basically gets caught up in a big scandal and a bunch of other things happen. It's really well done. I just I want to shove the show into everyone's face. And if you do, if you watch any anime at all in the next like five years or whatever please watch this it is really really good is it streaming anywhere like uh is it on netflix or hulu or anything uh we watched it on verve i think which is connected with Crunchyroll. um but it's also it's short it's like 12 or 13 episodes so you can get through it really quick um, <laughs> when i was uh finding pictures for it i was like man all these character designs are awesome i should probably watch this Oh, it's please watch it. Please, yeah. I'm begging you. Oh my gosh. It's so, uh, so good. All right. And I guess I'll finish this off here. Um, I'll keep it kind of quick because I did a whole podcast episode on this as well. So if you want to hear my thoughts more in detail, uh, watch the Invincible episode. Um, every year we have to pick something from uh, Amazon Prime, I guess. Uh, and they seem to have only really like two good shows. So, well, they had the tick and they canceled that. So, you know, forget that. But um, Invincible is really good. I was a big fan of the comic series. The stuff they changed and added to it, I think, suits at least this medium a lot better. Um, and it was one of those things like Stray Dogs. It was really exciting to see people get excited about something a little bit more off the beaten path, something a little bit different. And it's one of the few things that translated directly to comic book sales, which is always exciting. Uh, so it's fun to see people get back into the comics who didn't get into it before. Like I was reading this 20 years ago before the walking dead took over and Robert, and, you know, Robert Kirkman made that his life instead of this. Um, but I, I very much enjoyed invincible. This was a good year for TV. 
Because I was trying to debate between like this and Squid Game, and I was like, I, I think I just liked it. Oh, more. I forgot that came out this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should we touch on Becca's pick or? Nah, Becca's not here. People can go online and find out what she got. All right. All right. So we're gonna move on to best collectible. We only got three categories left. Um, let's start with Molly. <laughs> It's always going to be a music-related one for this because, uh, and it's uh, the uh, Black Parades album cover pop. I don't really collect pop vinyls figures. Um, I have a lot of them, but like they're very specifically like for each one. Like I have all of the MCR individual ones. I was very excited about this one because I actually do have uh, the conductor from this album as a tattoo on my arm. So like. That was why I picked it. And also, it's just a good album. So. <laughs> All right, cool. Let's, uh, Harry, why, yours is kind of a strange one. Why don't you explain that to us? I, I'm Level Up's resident uh, pinball guy. And uh, so uh, my choice was the Ghostbusters pinball machine by Stern Pinball. Now that is a little bit of a cheat because it came out in 2016. It did not come out in 2021. However, it's new for the store. Um, it was added to the lineup uh, over at Summer's Point uh, this year. So I thought, you know what? That, that could be a best of 2021 collectible. And better yet, it's one that everybody gets to play and enjoy and experience. <laughs> so um, it's basically with all the Ghostbusters hype, it's based on the, uh, the first two movies, uh, the 1984 original and then the sequel. Um, but, you know, you get a lot of the lines and the different artwork and scene, uh, represent different scenes in the movie. So... Um, if you enjoyed uh, Afterlife, you know, you can go back and get some of the references here in, in this. And, uh, you know, I, I will always pick Pinball as my, my favorite collectible of, of any given year. So um, I love this game. It's a little bit on the harder side, but um, I think it'll make you a better pinball player as you play it a little bit more and more. Cool. Um, yeah, one cool thing about the pinball game in our store, it's uh was it signed by Ernie Hudson and uh, Dan, Dan Aykroyd. Aykroyd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we got he the signed it against signed. my back, so I'm really excited about it. <laughs> we got the translate signed, uh, and yeah, it's it's kind of cool. I think you can see it better when the machine's off, but um, it's it's up there in the back, uh, the back glass. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, it's one of my favorite pinball games. One of my favorite movies. Um, let's see, who are we doing next? Let's go to John. Uh, yeah, uh, my pick for best collectible was uh, the Marvel Gallery uh, comic Mysterio. Uh, it's like a statue. Um, it's a, like a budget-friendly statue. I think we have it at the store for around $50, um, but it's really nice. Uh, it's a good like starter statue in case you're like looking to collect um, Spider-Man villains. Um, and it kind of follows the theme of, of the Spider-Man movies going on. Um, but it's a nice design, and for the price, it's uh, it's worth it. Yeah, I think Mysterio is Greg's favorite villain too, right? Close, shocker. Okay, I knew it was one of those like lesser talked about Spider-Man guys. Mysterio, like, not to get into much of that, but Mysterio was like he was okay for me until the um, the Kevin Smith run on Daredevil and it made him awesome to me. Like, like they made him really cool. So if you can read that, you should read that because that's such a great story, Daredevil story. Okay, let's uh, do Danny next. 
Uh, mine is something I'll never be able to afford at this point, but uh, it's Sailor Moon Sume Art HQS statue. Um, it was a limited edition statue that came out this year of Sailor Moon's uh, Moon Spiral Heart Attack from the third season of the original anime. Um, just really detailed, really beautiful. Um, I love how fluid like the pose is with the ribbon um, and the hair flowing. Um, it was originally going for 600 and now it's like going for 2000 on eBay, which makes me want to cry. But it's I can look at the JPEGs at least and think about what it could have been. Um, so definitely not affordable like uh, John's pick, but a nice, <laughs> a nice dream to dream. <laughs> I mean, I just realized they're both doing sort of similar-esque poses. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, let's do Joe because there's a nice synergy between Greg and mine, so we'll end with those. All right. Uh, I went with the Macho Man Ultimate Collection Edition figure. Uh, there's a lot of like I, I collect weird stuff, uh, so I collect like glassware in that. But I didn't get any glassware this year, so I couldn't put like a McDonald's glass from like 1974. So I only <laughs> go with what like I get. Like so, last year's I had the uh, McDonald's pop figures because I thought it was weird that they had Grimace and Mayor Cheese and the Hamburglar and all those kind of things. But this year I went with the Macho Man because it's the only real thing I got as a collectible. Uh, Yes, I'm a wrestling guy, and I like the Macho Man. Uh, if you've seen me in the store, I usually have the Macho Man mask on. Uh, and this figure matches up with the pop I have of them, actually. But uh, I got it as an anniversary gift. Um, so it's, like, in my living room, still in the box. It just it's it depicts a time in, like, the early 90s where, like, I was still, like, 10, 11, 12 years old watching wrestling and, like, really loving it. So, like, it's it has a sentimental value for me as well because it reminds me of that time. There's other figures that came out that I have also purchased that didn't come out this year. And I was like, I must have, for me, it was like a collectible. I collected it, but now I have one of those things I would have put. It's the random uh, elite figure of the Zodiac, which was a uh, Brutus, the barber beefcakes, like alter ego. And it's very weird, very bizarre. Shouldn't ever be a figure. And now it is. So that's my pick. It's very weird, very, but it's it's for you can find it online. You can go to different sites. You can find it in targets and stuff like that. It's around. It's 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 not. It's it's readily available, so it's not like a hard collectible to try to find. So, all right, uh, Greg. Now on the website, I picked Rodimus specifically to recommend uh, for this, but I don't know if you didn't tell me a particular character. No, I I like. Like my my favorite collectible this year was the uh, the Kingdom Toys for Transformers. Um, it was the close second was a Studio Series because this this year they did a run of the Transformers '86 movie, which is my favorite movie of all time, except for Wizard of Oz, my favorite favorite movie. Uh, but um, but since the other some of the other Studio Series figures stunk, um, so I picked the Kingdom because I think all the Kingdom Toys are pretty badass. Um, just you know they're really well done they they're little, some of them can be a little pricey but for the most part they're on average you know the average size ones are fairly uh reasonable but they're just like i love transformers i love the show which i you know i could have picked that too the, the war for cybertron trilogy um that was really well done also um but yeah that's what that's what i picked i because i love transformers that's that's my jam from when i was a kid and 
never really uh, changed my tune on those. I think they're really awesome figures. They always have been. And I think they always will be as long as the quality is there. I also picked Transformers, um, but I did more specifically the uh, the collab series they've been doing. Uh, they've been picking some really great franchises, and they did a Jurassic Park two-pack, uh, where one is the tour Jeep, the Ford Explorer. Uh, and apparently his name is Autobot JP93, which is a really boring name. Um, and then the other one is Tyrannicon Rex, which is essentially just a re a repaint from uh, the Beast Wars Megatron. But, you know, you get a T-Rex, too. So, you know, who doesn't love that? And Tyrannicon's like, a pretty cool name. Tyrannicon <laughs> Rex is a rad name. I do like it. Um, but the, the the collaborative series has been really good. Like, I love Gigawatt. I love Ectotron. So I kind of really want to pick this one up. I love the packaging is the T-Rex escape scene. It even has like a fake other Vort Explorer for Tyrannicon to be standing on. Um, obviously, I've talked about this many times on the podcast. Jurassic Park's one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, and Transformers toys, you know, are always fun. Um, so I'm really excited that, A, they did Jurassic Park and it wasn't just the Jeep Wrangler, which is what I thought it was going to be. Which would have been cool, but like these ones are much more iconic for Jurassic Park, in my opinion. But uh, all right, so next up is best comic. We have two categories left: best comics and best video games. Um, so let's start. Who haven't we started with yet? Uh, start with Molly for this one. I picked uh, Crush and Lobo. Um, I used to hate Lobo like a lot. Because I just thought he was like an annoying character, and I don't typically read like isn't he like a Superman villain normally? Uh, he's kind of just an everywhere guy. Uh, I know yeah, he was I in the think Superman most of Superman cartoon. Superman's Lantern, I think. Yeah, he's kind of everywhere. I just always thought he was annoying, but I liked Crush like and the look of her. I actually didn't know she was in Teen Titans until I was starting to read it. So there's that. Um. And she's like super alternative and like actually the complete opposite of Lobo, which is probably why I liked it so much. So <laughs> why I picked it. Um, yeah, Crush and Lobo is one of those books I wish I didn't sleep on because the art in it's always great. Crush seems like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also don't like Lobo. I don't like ultra edgy antiheroes. I feel like they're like designed for like 16 year olds. Yeah. And then they want me to take them seriously. I just feel um, like he's just an annoying character, like in general. Like he's just very, very annoying. <laughs> and yeah. like she's so opposite and she has like a lot of dimension to her. She has like a girlfriend in the comic and it's really, really cute. And I hope that like the end of it is them getting back together. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I think of, as of this quarter, I think the last issue came out today or is coming out next week. Uh, I. Maybe. I think it must, it must be next week then. See, this is what I'm saying. Like, I make the comics so far in advance that, like, I they start I start to forget when things come out and when they don't. <laughs> um, but I know it, it's an eight issue series and it's just wrapping up, uh, so you can get catch up on the whole thing now. Or you know, by the time you hear this, you'll be able to catch up on all of it. Uh, let's see. Let's go to Greg next. Uh, this year I chose Boom Studios, the comic Seven Secrets. It came out, started last year, I think, or two years ago, but like I've been, it's been consistently good. It's um, written by Tom Taylor, who's done a bunch of stuff. Um, as I talked about earlier, he's done Deceased, 
Um, he's, I know he's from Marvel and DC and stuff. Um, but basically, it's it's theme, it's like a basically it's about this secret cabal of people called the the the, the keepers of the secret or something like that. And there's keepers and holders. And basically, there's the keeper is the the really badass person who could kick anybody's ass, karate yada yada. And the keeper is the guy who holds the or holder, sorry, holder, um, holds the secret, whatever it might be. Um, but basically it's like high adventure. Think of like Indiana Jones on steroids just because like it's way over the top of the action. Um, the artist, Danielle Danucci, I think is his name. Like the, the action flows really well. It kind of almost looks like a cartoon. Um, but it's it's really with the secret organizations trying to keep these secrets away from the bad guys you know again it's kind of tropey but i I, the way they did it i thought was pretty interesting and it revolves around the son of one uh of two of the two of like the the ultra cool badass uh uh what they're called again again but like the the people who kick ass really really bad and he's he joined it um and that's basically it revolves around his like view of like what's going on is the best way I can explain it. And I did a terrible job of that, but that's okay. That's, that's fine. Um, let's see who we want to do next. Let's do Harry next. Oh, my, my pick uh, is kind of a cheat because it's, it hasn't really released yet. Uh, I picked uh, Marvel's Voices uh, Heritage number one, which is uh, it's the latest entry in the Marvel Voices uh, series, which is an anthology series that, um, spotlights a sp- particular uh, creators uh, of a, a particular background. For example, they've done uh, African-American creators and characters, LBGTQ uh, creators and characters. And uh, this one will be for indigenous uh, creators and, and characters. It was delayed to January, um, but I thought I'd put it on the list. It's, it's, we've already had uh, Marvel doing a, a version of this. They did the indigenous voices comic uh, in 2020, yeah, in the 2020. Um, so I thought it was really cool for them to bring this uh, concept back. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I put it on here because just the idea of, of the big two, because DC also has its uh, pride issues as well, um, giving creators uh, a chance to sort of break out and, and put out some work for them, add them to their resumes. Um, it, it's a huge deal for, for these creators and um, also for uh, comic book customers who uh, identify uh, with any of these specific backgrounds for them to be able to see, you know, characters that represent them written and drawn by people uh, with their background. Um, I think that that's really cool. I think that's something that, you know, Miles Morales, for example, has shown that there's an, an appetite for that in the community. And uh, I encourage, you know, Marvel and DC to keep, you know, taking these kinds of, of shots and, and putting these kinds of books out there because they really do mean a lot to the community. Yeah, I know. I appreciate uh you know, like the LGBT stuff. Uh, they haven't done a Jewish heritage one yet because I just want to see a story with the thing. But I guess he's got his own pride. So I, I mean, there's there's great, yeah, there's great characters they can work with. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's do uh, Danny next. I chose uh, Many Deaths of Lila Star. Um, this one's a little biased since it was, I think, the first comic series I picked up at Level Up. But um, it's, I've, I kept staring at the cover for like a week and was just like, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll get it. Um, just because the artwork was so beautiful and I was like, I, I have to see what this is about. Um, it's basically the God of Death. Um, she gets fired from her job 
since there's a human that was just born who's going to invent immortality um and she doesn't want to lose her job and like her purpose and everything so she ends up going down to earth in this uh now deceased woman lila star's body to basically kill the person who's going to invent immortality or try to stop them from creating it um and it just is kind of like it's a short series it's like six issues um but it's just kind of like her going through a journey of like where she discovers her own meaning for life and death and things and um just really nice artwork um it was nice for me as a newbie to follow since it was well it was like a continuing story it was still very much episodic which was nice um and just i like things that talk about like death as a concept so it was just really interesting and cool um i definitely recommend it to anyone who likes good artwork and uh exploring those kinds of topics all right we'll do a, a john who picked uh one of the ones that was in contention for me but john got it yeah uh i picked uh tmnt the last ronin uh this book has been pretty good so far it's been out for a while and i don't know when it's gonna wrap up um, uh, the last issue i think was just solicited for february oh, okay great yeah so it'll it, was, it was in a recent previews is what i remember yeah i, I mean i would suggest to people uh who are interested in uh in reading this to just kind of wait for the the trade paperback when it comes out um but it's been a really good book so far it's been something different uh it's a darker twist for tmnt lately and um it, it's pretty good I like the art a lot and, and the writing, the pacing's pretty good. Um, I have to catch up. I'm like an issue behind right now. Um, but yeah, it's it's been a really good book so far. I say the only thing I don't like about it is the release schedule. Yeah, honestly, that's the, the only uh the only downside of this book is just having to wait for the next issue. Yeah, it comes out like once every two months. Yeah, because it started uh I think it, the first issue came out in November of twenty twenty. And they're only on issue four of five now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's about the only only issue with the book is the release schedule. Yeah, I think when, when it's done and we can look back at the whole series, we, we should definitely have a discussion about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I would love to read this in trade, honestly, because it's yeah. you know, just something that you should probably read. You know, all I've five. also been reading it as it's coming out. I have a feeling like once it's done, I want to sit down and, and read it front to back. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because it's like it's the first book in a while to have um kevin eastman and peter laird back on team nt i think like as a as a duo again yeah i, I almost forgot this was the thing that kind of brought them back together because that's yeah. how it was originally announced it just said eastman laird right like, oh no they haven't worked together in like 20 years um but yeah it, it's 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 exciting and uh it's kind of like if frank miller wrote ninja turtles if that is a selling point for you. Uh, normally wouldn't be for me, but it works. So take that as you will. Um, now let's go. Oh, sorry. Let's go over to Joe. Uh, well, I could have won it with Last Running as well, and or you know, Stray Dogs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I went with uh, Legends of the Dark Knight. It's a Batman book. Uh, I, you know, started reading comics again this year. And always my always gateway into getting back into books is Batman, because I love Batman. I love the '60s Batman. Uh, what I love about this book is that, you know, they're not. I don't have to like. I can read, you know, what do we have? Six or eight just came out. I can read five. I can read six. I can read seven. 
and I don't need to be like, oh, I missed, I missed four or like catch up. It's like they're each, each comic is like a, almost like an episode. There's a couple where it was like two or three together, but like, you know, I don't have a ton of time during the day. I don't have a ton of time when I get home. So it's like, I can read a little, I can read the one story and get my feel for it feels like Batman. It feels like watching like an episode of a, of a Batman, like the animated series or, you know, something that feel it just feels like Batman, not anything too crazy. It's just Batman. And I've always loved Batman. So it'll always pull me in and, you know, it's, you can get it. You have it at the store, come pick it up. It's good. I, I recommend it for anyone who, who uh, wants to get in and likes Batman. And what's nice is you can just pick up any issue you see. Yeah. And then if you love it, I mean, they, they had other runs back, you know, in the 80s and stuff. But this run, I think it's great. It's really enjoyable. Yeah. So I have to do an honorable mention with mine because it was very tight for my, my picks. Uh, ultimately, I went with Noctera over Geiger. Because I think Noctera is a, a, it's an easier sell. Um, but they're both post-apocalyptic stories. Uh, Noctera is essentially like Mad Max meets like a horror movie. Um, so the, the, the basic premise in it is one day nobody knows why this happened, but the entire world went dark and anything that spends so much time in the darkness gets corrupted and turned into a monster. So the whole world, like the currency in the whole world is like light and uh, uh, and the main character is a trucker because truckers are super important now because they move people from like one settlement to the next. And that's how you can get like food and supplies. Um, and then the basics, the, the, the inciting incident is they pick up uh, uh, a grandfather and her, his granddaughter. Um, and then turns out they're wanted by some other people and they get kind of caught up in an adventure and it's really, really cool. It's Scott Snyder writing, uh, Greg Capullo on art. So, you know, that classic uh, New 52 Batman team's back. Um, so if any of that sounds even remotely exciting, you'll probably really dig it. The first trade paperback is out, so it's easy to catch up on. Um, and then, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. And I can't wait to see where it goes, which is the best thing you can say about an ongoing comic series. Uh, and then the last category we hear is doing best video games. Um, I'm going to start with Harry because both Harry and Becca had the same pick. And since she's not here to talk about it, I'll let him talk about it. All right. Sounds good. My, my choice was Monster Hunter Rise uh, on the Switch. Um, I was always, I was a gamer that I've always heard of like the Monster Hunter thing. And like the, everybody who plays it was like really deep into it. They're on the subreddit and you know always talking about you know got to jump on and, and join me in hunts and I never quite understood it and um, my, my entry into the series was uh, Monster Hunter World which was on PS4 and I, I enjoyed it like it was a great game beautiful um, but the load times it took forever <laughs> it seemed like to jump into the game and, and really get going um, this this game on the switch took everything that I really liked about Monster Hunter World and uh, kind of condensed it down and, and it being on a switch cartridge that there were virtually no load times. Uh, you can jump in and play and uh, you know, it, and it's everything that everybody talks about. I, I could finally see um, sort of what people really enjoyed about this game. It's, it's an action adventure game where, you know, you, you're kind of challenging yourself to go out and, and defeat these giant bosses. And, you know, sort of the, the benefit is that when you defeat them, you have to learn their patterns, you have to learn their, 
habitats and, and fighting styles and all that. And then when you defeat them, you get to uh, essentially carve these monsters up to, to improve your armor and improve your weapons. And, um, and it gives you a different visual look to your armor that incorporates some of the pieces like a jawbone will be your sword and things like that. And it, it was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, and that community is there. There's always people that are willing to teach you uh, more about Monster Hunter, what monsters go hunt, join them in hunts, uh, how to improve your items. Uh, it's a really welcoming community. And um, I think the Switch Monster Hunter Rise uh, game is a, a really good jumping on point for people too, uh, who may be new to the series. All right. Um, and I kind of want to go with Molly next because visually it's the most distinct of all of these games. I went with Pokemon Snap because mm -hmm. uh, I played the original on 64, and the minute that I saw that they were, uh, I wouldn't call this like um, remaster because it's like a completely different game because they add like a bunch of different new elements and they also added all kinds of new Pokemon in there because there's been several uh, new regions that, that have been explored and all that added to the Pokedex, so... I went with that one because it's good. It's really, really good. Um, it's really long. I still have not finished it, um, but I feel like Pokemon's also a very safe uh, game to pick too because there's usually several of them that come out during the year. I have not picked up. I get the, the name wrong. Yes, that one. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but I, I probably will at some point. But. Uh, no, that's my pick. I will say because Pokemon New Pokemon Snap is one of the few games I did play this year, um, and I love the selection of Pokemon they did. It's not just all like the classic most popular Pokemon. They have a lot of ones that are off the beaten path that I really like. It's um, a beautiful game. Like oh, it's great. Yeah, oh, it's really gorgeous. I, so I play. I play it. And I'm like, why can't the regular games look like this? Yeah. Um, yeah that's a whole different conversation um but yeah i i it's a really great game and if it's something you know i i also grew up playing the six the n64 game and you know it's amazing it took this long for another pokemon snap yeah i was surprised by that that there hasn't been any other like iteration of it besides the 64 version so i was like all right that's awesome and also like I think the last newest Pokemon game that I played was uh, Let's Go Eevee, which like was good, but I feel like it was such a short game. Yeah, it's because it was a Game Boy game. Like those are really small. Yeah. Uh, but um, it was cute too. But like, I think that the the snap is like my new thing. Like it, it, I, I go back and forth between that and Animal Crossing. That's pretty much like my two go-tos at this point. There's worse things you could be doing. Uh, let's Absolutely. stick with the Switch and uh, let's talk to John real quick. Oh, man. I have, I have so many good things to say about this game. Um, I played I played a lot of, a lot of games this year and, and honest to God, Ghost of Tsushima was going to be my game of the year. Um but man, Metroid Dread is so good. Um, funny enough, like an hour before hopping on this podcast, I just beat the game, or at least the main Whoa. story. Um, it's really good. It's it's a great game for anybody who's looking to jump on to like the Metroid uh, lore. If if you've never played a Metroid game, this is probably the game you should start with. 
um, if you have a Switch. It's it's just a fun, fun game. Um, the combat is really good in this game. The way Samus can move is really smooth, uh, and it, it feels fast. And um, there's a lot of bosses in this game, and it's really hard. Uh, I did play I'm, – I'm pretty new to, like, the, the Metroid games now, but I played Super Metroid earlier this year. And uh, that game is really good as well. Um, but I find that game more difficult when exploring, whereas this game I find more difficult when it comes to boss battles and, and fighting the different bosses that you fight. Because you fight a lot. You fight about, I want to say, like anywhere from like 12 to 16 different um, bosses. And they're, the, the, um, the level progression gets harder and harder. Um, as you explore this planet of ZDR and the different environments that it has. Uh, the graphics are great in this game and the cinematic cutscenes are really cool. Uh, I'm not sure if it's like the first Metroid game to have cutscenes, but um, man, this game is so good. Whether you're playing it um, on your TV with a dock or in handheld mode, uh, this is definitely an essential game for the Nintendo Switch, uh, and it was by far the the best game I've played in 2021. I will say I'm glad the uh, it was as well received as it has been because as a Super Metroid fan and you know Zero Mission and Fusion. The 2D or 2D Metroid games kind of get lost in the shuffle of everyone grinning over Prime, and I I am not a Prime player because the first person just doesn't work for me. So the idea that a, a 2D game could be this great and this well received gives me hope that they'll do more Metroid games like this in the future and maybe even more, you know other games of that genre again so absolutely yeah i mean it took a long time for them to uh to make this this game i guess because the last 2d metroid game was fusion that came out uh i don't know when i think it was like 2002 or three it was a while yeah it's, it's been it's been a while since fusion um let's see let's move on to greg next oh well actually it's kind of good because Jumping off the back of John, I was waiting for Metroid to come out, and I was looking for a Metroidvania-style game, and I ran across Blasphemous, um, which is a horror take on, like, the... Well, I guess the horror take is Castlevania, too, but, like, it's more like... Uh, it's, like, a, there's a lot of, like, religion and, and theology, and you just, you're kind of, like in limbo of some sort or some sort of purgatory. I'm not hundred percent sure if they explain it. I haven't been, I'm near the, right near the end. Um, but it plays real well. Um, it, it has the eight, like eight, not, I can't say eight bit graphic, but like 16 bit graphic style. Um, has a, some really cool cutscenes in it. Um, but it plays exactly like any other, you know, Metroid or Castlevania game. Just, you hunt, you go around hunting for power-ups, but they have some really cool, interesting, you, you get like a rosary bead and you can, equip different things on it to do to, to different to do different um effects that lead to effects you there's all kinds of bonuses to find um the boss battles are extremely hard um there's not as many um there's probably about seven but the one really cool thing about this game 
um, is that there was actually three very large free DLC downloads and the last one just came out and it actually added um, a whole new section to the game and added a bunch of um, more uh, collectibles and things like that. And in the, actually, in the second um, expansion, it, they brought in the character, I forget her name off the top of my head, uh, the main character from Bloodstained, which is another Metroidvania style game, which I thought was a pretty cool collaboration. Um, but it was a really neat game. There's a sequel coming out in 2022 or 23, but um, they did a really good job this game. Again, and it was uh, cheaper. Um, it was cost, I think it was, I think it was for about 30 bucks right now. I got it on sale for less than that, but I would highly recommend it if, uh, if you're looking for another Metroidvania style game. Okay. Let's see. Let's hit Danny up next. I chose Eastward. Um, I'm not sure. I don't remember the developer this time, but I know it's an indie game. Um, and I saw the preview for it when Indie World had done it. And immediately the graphics are just, it's a really beautiful pixel game. Um, like it almost looks like it's a painting with how well they've done like the pixels uh, artwork and everything. It's really beautiful. Um, but basically it's kind of a poke populist post-apocalyptic type game um you're a miner named john and uh in the opening cutscene, you stumble upon a girl named sam with psychic powers so you're trying to kind of figure out like what her deal is um but the game's really good at setting up the world and like intriguing it um because there's different things that are going on where you're like oh what's that about like what is this like dark cloud or pluto sharon thing that they're talking about um and it's it's very charming like it has a lot of like i think it's been compared to like older zelda games and some like ghibli kind of feeling um where it's very charming like the gameplay is very much like a top-down zelda game um and all the characters like they're all the side characters and like even just the npcs have like a lot of different personality and just it's fun um there's even a game inside the game called earthborn which is just an earthbound parody um but it's like a a full game in itself um it's not a perfect game but it's definitely something i wish more people played um even just to stare at the graphics and just i want to talk about it there's a lot of really good stuff in this game and i i hope that they continue to expand on it at least give us some DLC because I will I will put some money down for that. Okay, um, sounds good. I definitely in in getting images and stuff for our, our picks. I was like, oh, this game looks really cool. Uh, yeah, I was stoked when I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, I got to pick it up, and I did. Just haven't had chance to play it yet, but yeah. really want to. Definitely play it. Let me know what you think. I will. So I'm not being blasphemous. That's my that's next on my list. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're almost done. How about you, Joe? What's your game of the year here? Well, uh, I couldn't pick the game that I usually play all of the time, even though they did have a release this year. Uh, I always played Binding of Isaac. It's my game of choice. They did a release. That's my honorable mention. What I did pick was uh, Death's Door. It's, a, it's an indie title. Uh, it's more like an action-adventure game, almost in the Zelda vein. You know, Link to the Past and things like that, which is right up my alley. Um, you know, you play as a little a crow who is there to reap souls of different creatures and animals and try to figure out where you're going. And it's a beautiful game. The music is kind of subdued, very bleak, but like 
just the, the way the, the graphics are, you're kind of exploring in a sense of almost like a Metroidvania to try to build up your stats and stuff. And then it is hard. Like you have, you get hit four times, you're dead. And it literally just pops up on the screen, death. And then you start over from where you were. And it's just like, it's super hard, super difficult, but it's that type of super hard and difficult where like you learn like the maneuvering of like a boss. Like you, you, it's almost, don't want to say the, the trope of it's like, you know, Dark Souls, but it's in that same vein of like, you learn from your mistakes each time you play. Therefore you learn, oh, when he, when this creature does this, you got to move that way. And it's just, it's engaging. Um, it's one of my go-to games to play every now and then. Like I'll put it on and I'll play a little bit of it, get farther and farther. And then like, and then I always fall back on Isaac because it's mindless. It's my 10 minute game, but uh, no, I, it's, it's a great game. I recommend picking it up. It's on all platforms. It's on PS4, PS5, Switch. It's, it's everywhere. It's a great game. It's a beautiful game. View the trailer. You'll get hooked. Well, we all picked very pretty games this year because uh, my game of the year was Joe's game of the year last year. Still so good. Uh, there's no competition for me this year, even though it didn't come out last year. This is the first game in a long time where, like, when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about playing it. Like, Joe can attest that I played it over the summer, and, like, I'd be at work and just talking to him. like, I got it. But if I do this and that in Haiti, he's like, I, do, like, I would just not stop talking about it. And then when I get home, I'd get sucked into that gameplay loop and just play it over and over and over again. Um, which is amazing because this genre of game is like one of my least favorites to get into. I do not like roguelikes. Um, and just the simple fact that like there's a lot of permanent upgrades you can do. Like I'm always working towards something, I feel like. And then, you know, even though, yeah, you die a lot, like you do get better at it. And like because I'm constantly being rewarded with stuff that's not fleeting, I feel like putting the effort in is worth it. Plus, the game looks amazing. The characters and, and dialogue is so good. and com- The story is shockingly compelling. Um, just everything in it is just firing on all cylinders from beginning to end. I actually did try to 100% complete it, but the RNG is just, the nature of it is just like, I can't, I'm like missing one or two fish. I'm just like, I'm done. I'm not trying to get them anymore. Like, I, I'll go insane trying to get the last couple of rare, rare fish in it for like, Wow, what a, what a great game. I really wish I played it when it came out and everyone was talking about it. Uh, but I'm glad I played it now, and I highly recommend it to anyone who hasn't played it yet. Yeah, this game is on sale right now, I think, too, in certain stores. I think it's it's around, like, $20 right now. That's what I picked it up for recently, and, uh, man, it's fun. It's addicting. <laughs> yeah, I think it's on sale in the eShop right now, too. Yeah, yeah. the gameplay loop is so sucks it in so hard. Mm-hmm. yeah and it's, it's kind of cool like you just start out you don't really know what's happening all of a sudden you die and then you end up in the, the realm of hades and you just go from there and it's a constant um loop <laughs> but it, it yeah. you know it always changes like the map always changes to it it doesn't ever feel stale yeah i mean i've played it so much now that like i i could de- i desperately want them to add dlc because so there's more like mobs it's not this, you know, the same guys every every once in a while, but like uh, that. That's just because I played it so many times. I've done like hundreds and hundreds of runs in it. Um, 
I'm sure Joe feels probably the same way about Isaac at this point sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've put a couple thousand hours into Isaac, not to yeah. be bad, but yeah. Sure, Isaac keeps doing like expansions and adding more stuff to it. I, I, I don't know how they would do that with Hades because of the story, but like I, I would even just love just like a boss rush mode where they just add like 50 bosses that you just fight them. It's just without the story context, like that would be I awesome. They could do that. You just put a different room off the main area, and it's like the trials or something. And it's, yeah, and it's just like you fight all the greatest heroes in Greek mythology. It's just like it's Hercules and all these other people that are yeah. easy way to. Oh, do. that'd be awesome. Um, but yeah, so that's gonna do it for for our game of the year discussion, or not, you know, our best of the year discussion. Um, looking forward to 2022, I guess, just because that's how time works. So I kind of have to, <laughs> um, but I don't offhand. I don't think there's anything like I was personally like dying with anticipation for, um, but that's also just cause it's late and I'm forgetful and sure. Someone put in the comments like, Oh yeah, that I definitely want that. Um, breath of the wild too. Oh, yes. If it comes out. Wait. Oh my gosh, please. I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up we're coming out next year until I start seeing like a trailer. They don't even we don't even know the title. I'm trying to temper expectations. Uh but I am excited for it's I'm excited for a new Zelda regardless of whatever's happening. Um yeah, so I think that will end us tonight. Um does anyone have anything they want to plug? Danny and do you have any uh Twitter for Instagram or stuff people want to follow you at? Uh, yeah, you can follow me at Spiral Sketches on Twitter, Instagram. I make stickers. Uh, if you look at the sticker board in the store, you it's like a lot of my stuff's on there. Um, but yeah, if you could give me a follow, that would be awesome. Thank you. Um, I don't know if anyone has anything beyond the store stuff to plug. Take that as a no. So yes, yeah, so you can follow <laughs> us at levelupentertainment.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Level Up Entertainment. Um, we have two locations, one in the Hamilton Mall in Maze Landing in New Jersey, and our new store we mentioned a couple times in Summers Point. Um, so, yeah, follow us there. And then, obviously, you listen to this podcast. So it's at the place, places where you can listen to podcasts, YouTube, iTunes, all those places. Um, you know, like and share with friends. Uh, definitely let us know in whatever comment section you have access to right now uh what were the obvious things that we were dumb for not bringing up um you know for tv shows or whatever um but yeah definitely looking forward to to seeing you guys again well the next episode we'll definitely do is going to be spider-man related we'll just have to figure out when we're going to record that off air um so that'll end us for tonight thanks everyone for joining me i know it's getting late um and a couple of us are old so we're very tired uh, <laughs> so, uh, so next time everyone be safe.